0: Parents, grandparents, adults, you might not know this, but our students know the word fail all over social media, that anything, anytime you do something stupid, fail. Been there, done that. We've all been there, done that, and oftentimes our fails are funny, but not all the time, right? That word fail shows up a lot of time in life for me. Not you, and I'm I don't think any, I'm looking around here, I don't think any of you have experienced this, but I remember on the top of my paper, they would put this word fail, and I thought, how discouraging. <laughs> the word fail, it can mean a lot of things, and it can mean good things, it can mean bad, it can mean funny things, it can mean not so funny things, times in life where fail can hurt. We love AFV, me and my kids, and we watch uh, sometimes, and we just laugh, and I I love to watch them laugh, and I think they're here, and I want to show another video that I sent into America's Funniest Video, that hoping that I could win it big, $100,000, and at least pay for my kids to go one year to college, (laughs) and that's all they get, but I want to show you this video, I think um, you'll enjoy this, tell me what you think. All right, dance for me. <laughs> it's okay, we can pick them up. It's okay, we can be... look. Jackson's picking them up. <laughs> Natalie, so come here. I want a ball in here. <laughs> it's okay, we'll pick them all up. Jackson, stop eating. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> 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 Riz thing I learned, I told the first service, never cut the camera off, (laughs) because those are the times that are priceless, and uh, hopefully we win, but uh, oftentimes it's funny when it's a fail that's not happening to us. When does it hurt? When is it not funny? When it's me, when it's a grade, maybe you have experienced that, you see that on the paper, and you're like, oh no. When it's someone who gets hurt badly, you remember that, maybe... You saw someone and it's like, oh, and they got hurt, but afterwards we can all laugh, right? Maybe what about when it's life and it's me and God? Fail's not so funny. But I want to show you something. What I love about God's Word is that it's full of Failures. From Genesis to Revelations, we see the lives of men and women that God has set aside. But we get a picture into their life and we see their fails. If they could Snapchat a shot, put a text on their failure in in the Word of God and put fail, many Snapchats would go out. Instagrams, tweets, Facebook posts. And I want to show you this morning, especially seniors, I want to show you that a fail doesn't have to be that bad. That God can use our failures just as much as anything. And that as you go forward from this day forward, the next four years and the next years of your life, there's going to be fails in your life. There's going to be many Snapchats of times you've failed Especially when we fail God. I want to take you to a story that I believe in my eyes is one of the biggest fails that we see in the man of God's life. If you turn to Second to Samuel chapter 11, I want to walk you through something. I want to walk you through the scriptures here and just verse by verse and some of the things and, and, and teach you, show you some of the fails in David's life. But I want to teach you some of the lessons that we can learn from David's fails. Hopefully we can cut off some of the fails by learning lessons early. Terrible to be an example, right? It's terrible to be an example for people to learn from because that means that we didn't learn. And David is one of those cases for a little bit of his life that he failed and failed and failed and there were many things that led to these things in his life. But he didn't eventually learn. 2 Samuel chapter 11, we're going to read there most of the time, but I want to take you back. I want you to put your finger there, and I want you to go back to 2 Samuel chapter 5, where really, I believe, the fail begins for David. You know the story in 2 Samuel 11 with David and Bathsheba. You know the fail there. You know the story. But I believe it actually started back a few chapters in David's life where this... Slope, this slippery slope that David started heading on. And in chapter 5, verse 13. Well, let me, let me look at 12. 2 Samuel five twelve. It says this, Then David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people. After he arrived from Hebron, David took more concubines and wives in Jerusalem. I want to give you the first fail. The first fail was this. David did not obey God. In this situation, what we see here, it began in 2 Samuel chapter 5, was a direct disobedience to God's orders. You say, Chris, how do you know that? Well, I want to show you in the Scriptures. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 17 real quick with me. Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 14. God is speaking to Moses, laying down all the rules and all the things for the future for his people. And he says this When you enter the land your God has given you, take possession of it, live in it, and say, We must appoint a king over us like all the nations around us. You're to appoint over you the king the Lord your God chooses. Appoint a king from your brothers. You're not to set a foreigner over you or one who is not of your people. However, he must not acquire many horses for himself or send the people back to Egypt to acquire many horses. For the Lord has told you, you are never to go back that way again. Verse 17. He must not also, the king must not, must not acquire many wives for himself. Why? Why did God lay that rule down? It says it right there. So that, so that his heart won't go astray. God had set up and established these rules Long before David, before David was even thought of to be king of Israel, God had set up these rules and he said, listen, to protect your heart, to keep you focused on me, to keep you obedient to the word of God, don't take more wives. But what did David do? We see in, in 2 Samuel 5, he began to disobey God. Let, let, me, let me say this again. David's number one failure was not that he saw Bathsheba on the roof and, and, and he lusted after her and brought her up. It was not that. It was that he had already started to stray from God's word. Let me tell you this, students. Right now, it may sin, seem insignificant what you're doing. Maybe that's wrong and disobedient to God. Adults, parents, grandparents, others, listen. It may seem insignificant what you are doing right now as you disobey God, but guess what? It will end up costing you a lot more later down the road. See, God is serious about obedience. God's not playing. God's not joking when he says, do what I say, or this must be done, or this must not be done. God is serious, and there's a reason it's for you. Because God desires for his people to be holy. Went yesterday to Charlotte to see Charlie Butrago leading worship at Forest Hills Church. And the pastor was doing a series on to be holy through Leviticus, walking through the scriptures in Leviticus. If you've never read, read Leviticus, I encourage you to read it, but just beware, there's some scriptures there that just awkward to preach. And he gets to one of them at chapter 12, and it's talking about the women after childbirth. I won't go into the details because I see children, but, but there are details in there that, that God explains, and He says, this is what you're supposed to do. If you have a male, you're so many days... Away from sacrifices, away from me because you're unclean. So a, a female is so many days because you are unclean. Leviticus, all through the book, he shows that they are, there's cleanness and uncleanliness. Because God is serious about cleanliness. God is serious about holiness. God is serious about your obedience. So don't take it lightly. See, David took it lightly. David began to forget about the Word of God and what God had established as his law. And he began to stray, his heart began to stray from what God had told him to. So here's a lesson. Number one, know and obey God's Word. Students, especially you, as you go off to college, you're going to come up against some things in professors and students and other clubs and organizations, fraternities, sororities. All these things are going to be throwing lies and falsehood at you. Know God's Word. Know God's Word so that you can discern between right and wrong, evil and good. Don't let that be the slip. Don't let that be the start to the biggest fail of your life. Know and obey God's Word is the first lesson. Fail number two, David stayed home. So we get back to 2nd Samuel 11 and we see something that David is just beginning to slip down this slope that he cannot catch himself that he cannot stop himself he cannot catch and he goes in verse in verse 1 in chapter 11 in the spring when kings march out to war in the spring when kings march out to war David sent everybody but himself This is significant I believe it is in the Word of God for a reason, and it's significant. David stayed home. What the Bible is saying is this. Listen, David continued to disobey what he was supposed to be doing. Here's the fail number two, or lesson number two. Do what you're supposed to do and be where you're supposed to be. Pastor, remind me, in between service, Proverbs 16, 27, in the Living Bible, it says this, idle hands are the devil's workshop. See, a lot of times in our life, we can avoid things. We can avoid those big mistakes. We can avoid those sins in our life if we're where we're supposed to be doing what we're supposed to be doing. Have your parents ever told you you don't need to be there? You don't need to be going there? You don't need to be with those people? I've, I, I've lived that. I'm here to tell you today that I've lived that in my life. I remember a time, and this is just a st- stupidity. I can say that now. There's a big snowstorm. Me and my friend thought it would be smart to drive up the Paris Mountain. Not so smart. I'm glad you got it fast, but for us, it didn't register. So we drove. As we get up the mountain, as we go further up the mountain, guess what? The road begins to get narrower. And it wasn't that the, the road was falling apart in front of us, it was the ice just began to get more and more narrow there, and we just more and more ice. And we finally get to a point on Paris Mountain, and we got smart, and we said, you know what? Maybe we need to turn around. <laughs> and I said, that'd be a good idea. He said, all right, we'll turn around. And so I'm driving. I turn around to look, because, I mean, it's kind of difficult to do a three-point turn on, on a road that this much, and ice the rest of it. Here's the cliff, here's the ditch. I said, okay, I'm going to turn it around. I turn around and I look in the seat, the passenger seat where my friend's supposed to be, and now he's outside of the car. (laughs) And I said, I thought we were going to turn it around. He said, you are. I said, all right. (laughs) Now, listen, I say that to say this. Students, you can survive stupid things. You will survive stupid things. But let me tell you this. You can't avoid stupid things. If you will be where you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to do, you know what that is. Be wise. And David knew, David knew from the very beginning that he was supposed to march out with his people, with his army. That's what they do. Listen. Pay attention. Fail number three. In verse three. So David sent someone to inquire about her and reported so he's out on his roof. He goes out on his roof. He's just strolling around. He's not looking for trouble. But what happens? he, he stumbles into trouble. He looks out over the town and he sees a woman bathing. Now let me explain something. I've learned my lesson in this because my in, in college I did a sermon on this passage and my professor, you know, corrected me that it was not Bathsheba's fault. All right? I, I told him in the sermon as I was preaching it to my student fellow students, I said, Listen, Bathsheba's not, not you know not at fault here, look at her, she's bathing outside, what's wrong with that? So I noticed my errors and my stupidity, and so he corrected me, probably with a C, I don't know, that was early on in my ministry, and so I learned that, that, that here she is, she's doing what God has called women to do, she's, she's cleansing herself, and she's going through the rituals of what God had laid down and lost, but David, staying home from war, goes up on the roof, and he sees her. Now, listen, what should David have done, seniors? What? Gone to war? Yeah. He should have got on his suit, ran right out the door and said, I'm gone. That would have been smart. But David didn't. David sent his servant and said, Go get her. Go get her. What a beautiful lady. David's servant comes back and David's servant says this. This is Bathsheba. Daughter of Eliam and and David listen to me this is very important David David look at me David don't miss this the wife of Uriah now let me ask you something if your servant comes and tells you that that woman you're you're lusting after and you're looking at she is married in our mind in our right minds we would say okay God, thank you for the warning. Thank you for stopping anything that could be bad. Thank you, God, for keeping me from just starting a trickle of of bad instances and circumstances. God, thank you. David doesn't do that. If there was any great Snapchat, this would be it. Fail, David. You failed because David sent after her. David sent someone to inquire and he did not heed. Servant's warning. Here's the lesson, the lesson here. Lesson number three. Listen to others' warning. Students, let me tell you this. Listen, I'm not the wisest person. But there are some wise people out there that are trying to warn you about the path that you're taking or maybe in the future the path that you will take. Listen to me. Listen. Listen to them. Take heed to their warnings because if you don't, it could be a path you take To destruction. See, David's fail could have been avoided right here. Right here at this moment, this could have been crucial for David. This could have been the game changer. If David would have just listened to his servant that was screaming at him, this lady is married, David. She's off limits. Leave her alone. Quit. Stop. How many times in my life, if I would have just listened to the words of my mom, or my dad, or my grandparents, or my friends or other people in my life, could I have avoided the pain? Promise you. Listen. Listen to what others are saying to you. David could have avoided all this. Fail number four. Instead of of learning from his fail, David chose to try and cover it up. We know the story. David slept with Bathsheba. Bathsheba, texting, called him and said, David, you're not going to believe this. I'm pregnant. And David can't believe it. He's like, no, this is not good. Nobody knew about this except my servant. Now everybody's going to know how we're going to handle this. So instead of learning, instead of just owning up to his mistake, owning up to his fail and, and the sin in his life, what did David do? He chose to cover it. He chose to cover it up. Here's a lesson. Number four, listen to this. I've got to hurry because I only had 45 minutes to get through all this sermon. So listen to this. Fail number, uh, fail number four, instead of learning from his fail, David chose to try and cover it up. Lesson, admit, confess, repent, and learn. Listen, guys, if you've already messed up, adults, Adults. listen to me. If you've already messed up, you've already had a big fail, it's out there, you know it, there's no way of, 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 of escaping it, hey, just acknowledge it. Admit it. Confess it. Repent from it. Turn from it. And learn from your mistake and your fail. And your life from there on out will be a lot easier. David didn't choose that. David didn't choose that. I, I think there's a reason David didn't choose that. Let me give you fail number five. Because David forgot God. I believe the big problem in David's life at this moment is that he forgot God all about his God. So how could you forget about God? I mean, it's not something you just forget. It's not something, a name that just goes away. Let me give you this, two definitions of forget. Number one, to lose the remembrance of. I do this a lot. I lose the remembrance of things. I mean, it's hilarious in the office when Steve asks me to do something, I forget to do it. And he goes, did you remember this? And I was like, I didn't even remember it. I'm 39 in July, so I have an excuse. Not really, but but I... I lose remembrance of things. I forget about things. This is not what I'm talking about. David did not lose a remembrance of God. You can't just forget about God like that. This is the second definition. To treat with inattention or disregard. Inattention means failure to carefully think about, listen to, or watch someone or something. Lack of attention. David forgot about God. Everything he knew, everything he had heard, everything he grew up on, all of a sudden became second place in his life. Instead of paying attention to the details of God's Word and obeying what God says and heeding the warnings of his servants, guess what? He forgot about God and remembered his lust, his selfishness. Listen to this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, Satan does not fill us with a hatred for God. Did you get that? Satan does not fill us with a hatred for God, but listen to this, but with forgetfulness of God. Every struggle against lust in one's own strength is doomed to failure. It's a wise man. See, Satan is not putting in your mind, hey, I'm going I'm to make you hate God. Because he knows that's hard. But hey, I can just allow them to just lose the attention of God. And all of a sudden what happens? Something attracts them. Something tempts them and they fall headfirst. because all of a sudden God is a distant memory. Listen to this. Here's the lesson right here. God becomes a distant memory. When God becomes a distant memory, failure becomes a common occurrence. When God becomes a distant memory, failure becomes a common occurrence. It happened to the Israelites several times, and I'm just going to read one scripture many times here in the Old Testament. You deserted the rock who fathered you, you forgot the God who gave you birth. Israelites did it many times. Distant memory. And when that happens, failure is knocking at the door. David forgot God. Let me give you this, guys. Students especially, others can listen in. I'm going to talk to the seniors here. Seniors, we've talked about this many times. Year after year that I've had you in-house and Wednesday night and other times that we've invested in you. These are things that we've talked to you and discussed, but I'm going to tell you something. Right now, it's more important than ever. It's more important than ever that you listen to this word and you take this advice because if you don't want to forget God, you need habits in your life. Especially now going off to college. A lot of you going off to college, your parents aren't going to be there to knock on your door, remind you of these things, or tell you these things. You're not going to have me every week nagging in your ear, listen to me. These habits are in your life to help you not forget about God. Here's number one. Ready? Pray constantly. Adults, can I get an amen? There's a reason the Bible says that Paul says pray constantly. Constantly pray without ceasing. There's a reason that prayer is there. There's a reason the Bible never says, hey, just bless your meal. There's a reason the Bible never says, just say your prayers before bed. The Bible says, pray never stopping. Because as soon as we stop praying, guess what? God becomes a distant memory. And failure enters in our life. Here's a second one. Not only pray constantly, but second, read, study, and obey His Word daily. See, David could have saved himself a lot of heartache. What you don't know, what I didn't read, is later on, David, that son that was born to him in Bathsheba, guess what happens? That baby dies. Because of the consequences of his sin, because of his failure, that baby's life was taken. All of it could have been avoided if David would just have been obedient to God's Word and followed through with what he knew. Yeah. Read, study, and obey God's Word. Here's number three. Memorize his Word weekly. I I think it's it's interesting. David writes, Psalm 119, I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Think about this. As he's writing over the years... All these things, and, he, and we come in Psalm 32, and he writes about how his transgressions are before him. Psalm 51, he says, Listen, I've sinned against God, and only God. He knows that his sin's there. He asks God, Wash away my guilt, Wash away my sins, forgive me. Psalm 119, listen to this. Listen to this. I have hidden your word in my heart now. <laughs> hey, God, I remember that time where I failed you because it was all disobedience to you. That's what led me into that sin with Bathsheba, my wife. And I lost that child because I disobeyed you. But you know what I do now, God? You know what I learned from that, God? I'm going to put your word in my heart. See, David knew this was not good enough. Just having a Bible, just having the Word of God, just having the law locked up in the room in the temple, it wasn't good enough. David said, no, now I know I hide your Word in my heart. So when I come against temptation, when Satan tries to trick me, when Satan causes me to forget you a little bit, guess what? I remember now. I remember now what your Word says. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. There are always going to be failures. There's going to be fails in our life. You're going to have times that you fail and you laugh. You're going to have times that you fail and you cry. But it's what you do with those failures that makes a difference in a successful person in God's eyes. See, forgetfulness breeds failure. You forget the things that God says. You forget what God tells us. If you forget God, failure comes. But let me say this. No fail. No fail is too big or too bad for the sacrifice that Jesus paid. Students, listen to me. No fail. No matter what you've done. No matter what you're doing. No matter what you'll do. No fail is too big for the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross for you. Today our failures can be forgiven and forgotten. See the beauty of God's word, his story from Genesis to Revelation is we have lessons to learn. I hate that David had to be the guinea pig and his mistakes and his fails were were our learnings, but guess what? God shows us that so that we cannot and will not make the same mistakes. You don't have to make the same mistakes. Listen to God's Word. Be where you're supposed to be. Listen to the warnings from others in your lives. And most of all, more importantly, adults, students, do not forget God. We've all messed up. We've all failed. But guess what? There's hope. There's hope in the midst of our failures. And His name is Jesus Christ. See, today, you don't have to walk out here with your head your head down low. You don't have to walk out of here with tears in your eyes because of the pain you've caused yourself, because the sins that you've, Made and all the mistakes that you made in your life, you don't have to walk out of here like that. You can walk out a new lady or a new man. Because Jesus Christ paid for all of our failures. Jesus Christ hung on the cross for every single fail we've ever had or ever will have. Don't walk out of here without knowing the Savior who fixes our fails. I'm gonna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. We're gonna sing a song of response. And the LC we like to call it a song of response. Because one thing I've learned is this whenever God's word is open, there needs to be a response. If there's not a response, then I probably wasn't paying attention to what God was saying. So none of us in here escape response. So we all need to respond in some way. So as we sing this song, you need to to talk to God. You need to respond how God is calling you to respond right now. Maybe it's a failure in your life. There's there's a fail that that has, has got you down, that has trapped you, and you can't get past it. Maybe you just need to get on your knees and ask God, God, wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Maybe you say, you know what, Chris, I don't know this Savior you're talking about. In a room this size, that's probably more likely that there's someone here today that has failures in their life that they can't fix. And guess what? We're all in that boat. But I know a Savior who can fix them. I know a Savior who can wash our sins away and forgive us for all eternity. If that's you this morning, maybe you need to come forward. Maybe you need to dedicate your life, devote your life, surrender your life to Christ this morning. Whatever it is you need to do, respond this morning to what God's Word has spoken to you. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the lessons learned from your Word, God. God, may we never forget you and who you are and what you've done. I pray for these seniors, God, that as they start a new chapter in their life, God, that these habits would be a part of their everyday life. God, thank you. Thank you that you've made a way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.